Good evening, and welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Our show records every evening, Monday through Friday, every week. So that way, you'll always stay up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news. I'm your host, Harrison Lee. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter account at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on Spotify, Megaphone, Apple, and Google. Subscribing is free and only takes a few seconds. Whether you're a new arrival or a longtime listener, we at Locked On Podcasts really appreciate your support. Thanks again so much, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. This evening, we're going to be in the holiday spirit, as Christmas is right around the corner. So for tonight, we're going to talk about some of the Christmas gifts that I'd like to see the Jets acquire at the trade deadline, as well as some Christmas shopping for that Winnipeg Jets fan who has everything. If you have a Christmas or Boxing Day gift idea, shoot it to me at HLLivingLoco or at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets, and I might talk about it on our next episode. As of tonight, Winnipeg is currently in third place in the Central Division, with a 17-10-2 record, good for 36 points on the season. Winnipeg completed its home-and-home against the Dallas Stars last night, losing in overtime on a power play goal from Joe Pavelski. It appears that the refs were in the holiday spirit already, as they generously gifted the Stars more than one power play late in the game, especially in overtime. I really didn't think any of the calls were warranted, especially with what they did not call against the Dallas Stars. It seems the NHL officiating, which I usually don't complain about, was in a generous, giving mood, but only to Texas, because everything is bigger in Texas, including the blown calls. That said, I do have a couple of thoughts from what I saw last night, including a few needs that the Jets need to address at the trade deadline. Chief on my high-priority list is a young, talented defenseman, or somebody who can at least move the puck, whether this is a relatively inexpensive veteran player, or a younger skater who might cost the Jets a few more assets. Winnipeg already got itself a free early gift in Nick Shore, who's actually a pretty decent two-way defensive center that can anchor your fourth line. All he cost was a roster spot. Considering his cap hit is something around $700,000, I think that's a pretty warranted claim too. It makes a lot of sense for both parties, and hopefully, Nick Shore can help Winnipeg stabilize at even strength and on the penalty kill. Of course, Nick is a fourth-line center, and Winnipeg has more depth at forward than it does on the blue line. This does necessitate Winnipeg taking a look at some of the defender options on the market, whether it's another bargain bin waiver claim or investigating a larger trade. Some of the names that might be available in the market include Damon Severson, Sammy Vatanen, and perhaps Colin Miller out of Buffalo. Colin in particular stands out as a bit of a sore spot for me because he was one of the guys that I really wanted the Jets to trade for out of Vegas. Uh, the Knights were essentially benching him consistently, and he's actually a pretty capable second-pairing right-handed defenseman. He does a lot of small things pretty well, and generally speaking, his underlying on-ice results look pretty positive. For his contract, he's actually pretty good value too, and for what the Jets need, he's actually a pretty great fit. Unfortunately, Vegas has made it a personal mission to ensure Winnipeg never gets a hold of any of its trade prospects, whether it's veteran players, young talent, or even players who aren't on the Knights roster yet that Vegas is looking to acquire. Infamously, they blocked Winnipeg during the 2017-2018 season from acquiring Derek Broussard, in a move that was something of a favor to the Penguins, and also a bit of opposition blocking. Ironically, that move ended up backfiring, as Winnipeg picked up the far superior Paul Stastny. The acquisition of Paul Stastny, a true second-line center, ended up pushing Winnipeg into cup contender territory, if not cup favorite. Vegas, however, wasn't quite done messing with the Jets. When Paul Stastny hit free agency in the offseason, the Jets attempted to re-sign him and bring him back to the fold. However, the Knights swooped in at the last second and brought him in on a free agency deal. Winnipeg was not interested in matching the contract offer and lost one of its best deadline acquisitions in recent memory. Fast forward a couple of years, and Winnipeg has since only acquired Kevin Hayes at the trade deadline, and more recently, Neil Pionk in the trade that sent Jacob Truba to New York. 
Winnipeg's only notable defender claims include Anthony Boteto and Lucas Ibiza since then. Unfortunately, neither of those guys are the kind of difference makers I'd be looking at. Colin Miller still remains at the height of my wish list. I think that given his contract value, his current situation, and how the Sabres are playing, he makes the most likely target, and I feel like Winnipeg has a wealth of forward options and affordable draft pick options to offer Buffalo for his services. He's not exactly old either, he's only in his later 20s, and he's still on a very good value contract deal, something that I think means a lot to Winnipeg's front office. While the Jets have contended that they are in fact a cap team now, especially with the cup aspirations, I think they do still like saving money here and there. Along the lines of cheaper options, Winnipeg might consider asking the Washington Capitals about Christian Jews. Jews is a personal favorite of mine, and I've gotten to see him a lot as both a Hershey Bear and as a Washington Capital. He's a skilled left-handed defenseman with a great shot, smart skating, and intelligent offensive zone instincts. While he may not be a top-pairing defender, I think he makes a lot of sense as a middle-of-the-rotation kind of guy, especially for Winnipeg. The Jets have few better options on their roster right now, and aside from Niku, there aren't many Manitoba Moose options that would immediately make the jump from the AHL to the NHL easily. That leaves Winnipeg in something of a predicament, as their current NHL lineup is not sufficient. They need puck-moving, smart, intelligent defensemen who can help transition offense and defense in equal measure. The only way they can in-house any of this is to recall Sami Niku, Vili Heinola, or hope one of the other young prospects shows enough to get a call-up. Considering that Heinola is now in Finland, that option's off the list. Sami Niku also doesn't seem to have enough trust from the NHL coaching staffs in order to earn a longer-term call-up. That then leaves Winnipeg with only one real option, and that's to acquire somebody at the trade deadline for a reasonable price. Usually, trade deadline prices are always inflated, but defensemen tend to be undervalued in this league. If the Jets are smart, they might be able to acquire a young defenseman or somebody with decent contract control. I think the important thing here is to look for value where it's uh, currently not being utilized. And maybe the Anaheim Ducks would actually be willing to part with somebody like Hampus Lindholm or Josh Manson, guys who've had historically good careers, and maybe on a team that needs to rebuild, the Jets could offer them something valuable and get a good asset in return. Lindholm would kind of be something of a stretch, and I don't think that the Ducks are eager to let him go, but if Anaheim was willing to listen to offers, I think I would prioritize him over somebody like Colin Miller, especially because Hampus Lindholm is one of the best defensemen in the NHL, um, and I feel like he's a perfect fit for the way Winnipeg likes to play, and he does a lot in both ends of the ice, so all things to consider. Lindholm would definitely be one for the present, the future, and sometime after that. He'd immediately slot in as either Winnipeg's first or second best defenseman, possibly even better than Morrissey. Morrissey's having something of a down year, but when he's at his peak and at his best, he's one of the truly best left-handed defensemen in the entire NHL, so having him and Lindholm would be really ideal. Winnipeg might also want to bolster their bottom six forwards. I think that they don't have a great fourth line right now, and Nick Shore, while he does stabilize the center position and allows David Gustafsson to go back to Sweden, um, the winger situation is less ideal, and I feel like Jansen Harkins and a couple of other guys really deserve a call-up. If they don't get a call-up and the Jets are still looking for maybe a higher-end winger, then Taylor Hall would obviously be somebody to consider. I think Hall's going to go somewhere where he can get a contract extension, and that won't be in Winnipeg. Uh, Montreal and Colorado probably have a decent amount of cap space to re-sign him, and um, he's probably looking to settle down again. As a rental, I think Hall is fantastic, and he could definitely get a huge haul in free agency, so there is some incentive to consider maybe just going to a team like Winnipeg where he'd rack up a lot of points, and then take that to free agency and try again. Either way, the Jets are likely to need a lot of things on their wish list, and I don't know that they're actually going to be able to get much of the trade deadline. Prices are usually inflated, Winnipeg may not be in the best uh, playoff spot, and they might be looking more towards the future than selling off assets for, for quick fixes. Speaking of a quick fix, few things are quicker than DoorDash. 
Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. That's LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. Like the Winnipeg Jets, I'd imagine that you have somebody in your life who's a Winnipeg Jets fan and also has a need for some Christmas gifts that they don't already own. Finding that perfect gift for a Jets fan, especially one who's a super fan, can be a really difficult task, especially during the holidays. How do you buy something for the fan who has everything? If you're looking for some creative ideas, you've come to the right place. The first item you might consider is the NHL Goal Light, and there are many different varieties that you can choose from. Some are actually sold by the NHL, and some are actually manufactured by Budweiser, which embeds some of their Goal Light technology into plastic glasses. Almost all Goal Lights sync to an app, and this app relays a signal to the lights when your favorite team scores, which you can program on your phone. I'm particularly fond of the pint glass versions, which have small LED lights embedded at the bottom of the base of the glass. These cups are fun and very easy to store. Their lights also work pretty well so long as you have a decent connectivity with your Bluetooth. They're also on the slightly less expensive side. Usually each glass is around $20 per, and the app is free on the Google Play or Apple Store. For the tech savvy among you, some people have actually hacked their goal lights to play the actual goal horns from their favorite teams. This does necessitate a bit of elbow grease, and it's definitely not an easy task. I only recommend it if you're really experienced and you're comfortable with breaking open something like your uh, your goal light. More often than not, these solutions require a mixture of hardware and software modification. So again, if you just want to stick to the regular goal light, that's perfectly fine. It's a fantastic conversation starter on its own merits. For those of you looking for Winnipeg Jets apparel, Winnipeg offers a variety of options that you can choose from. One of my personal favorites comes from the True North eShop, and that is the WASAC Jets hoodie, which was sold in support of the Winnipeg Aboriginal Sport Achievement Center. The hoodie itself is a nice white base with a design from Red River College graphic design student Letitia Spence. Proceeds from this hoodie also benefit the WASAC. I'm personally a fan of hoodies throughout the year, and this design gets my personal stamp of approval. It's not something that you're usually going to find on something like NHL.com, so I highly recommend that you check it out. On a related note, if you're looking to spend a bit more on your favorite family member or best friend, you might consider getting them the Winnipeg Jets Heritage jersey from this year. This jersey comes in two varieties, including the Breakaway and the Adi Zero Authentic jersey. The Breakaway is made by Fanatics, but it's not my favorite. I find the quality it tends to be lacking, and I feel like it's pretty expensive for what you get. The Audi Zero jersey is around $50 to $60 more, but I think the quality is much better for what you pay. Everything about the Audi Zero Authentic jerseys is significantly better than the Breakaway jerseys, including the stitching, the thread counts, the logos, the numbers, and the name bars. Anyone who knows me well enough knows that I'm extraordinarily picky about my jerseys, so when I say that the Adi Zero jerseys are actually pretty decent, that's no small amount of praise. I've owned many different styles of NHL jerseys, including starters, Reebok Authentics, Reebok Replicas, you name it, it's probably been in my collection. So when I say that the Adi Zero Authentics are actually among the best of those, you really should consider it. I will say that the Adi Zero Authentic cuts tend to run a bit smaller than the Reebok cuts. I think the Reeboks had a much bigger waistline and were generally wider. For the most part, the Audi Zero jerseys are a bit more slim-fitting, and tend to be on the tighter side. Sizing comes in 52, 54, 56, and 60. Roughly speaking, those correlate to large, extra-large, 2XL, and 3XL. If you need a smaller size, there are several jersey styles available as small as size 42. As far as your options for which heritage jersey to get, you have two choices. 
Winnipeg is currently selling the Heritage Navy jersey from this year, but I think I prefer last year's white jerseys. On that set, the colors are the inverse of what they used this season. Since they are technically last season's jerseys, you might actually be able to find a lower price on them than this year's Navy sets. I think a lot of retailers are also clearing out the baby blue aviator jerseys from last season, which I don't really care for. Your personal preference may vary, but I personally find the aviator jerseys to be too simplistic for my tastes. They kind of remind me of the default creator jerseys when you make a new NHL team franchise in uh, NHL 19 and 20. In person, they are a little bit more attractive and sharper than I would think, but uh, it's still not my favorite designs. It's hard to be impressed by the aviator jerseys when you have such sharp styles in the Heritage Classic ones. If you're looking for a slightly more unique memento, you might consider purchasing your best friend or family member a game-used puck. You can often buy goal pucks, or pucks that were just used in a period, or say, for warm-up, pretty cheaply. Some game-used pucks and warm-up pucks are as low as $30 or $40 each. They make for a very cool conversation starter and look great on your shelf. For those who are a little more interested in the game-used memorabilia section, you might also think about getting them a goal puck from their favorite player. These are around the price of a jersey, although some of the star players will command much higher rates than usual. Some companies charge as much as $1,000 for a top player like Connor McDavid. I find that very excessive and I think it's very uncharitable. I'd prefer to buy something from a smaller team or a lesser known player. In my opinion, goal pucks should not be more than $125 each, and that's really on the high end. For as many points as guys are likely to score, to sell one for $1,000 seems rather exorbitant. If goal pucks are still too expensive, then there's definitely no harm in picking up one of the game-used pucks at a much lower price. Game-used pucks often show wear, and they also have uh, labels for when they were used, what date, and what game they appeared in. If you're lucky, it might even tell you which period it was featured in. If you want to get away from NHL stuff, you can also check out eBay for a lot of player-used items or autographed items from your favorite prospects before they make the NHL. You can occasionally get really good deals on cool items that you wouldn't otherwise have an opportunity to do so from, like, major junior teams or minor league teams. Sometimes, prices from these organizations are much lower than what the NHL would sell them at. Because these might come from an earlier part of these players' careers, you might actually get something really cool before a player has made a name for himself. It can be a really unique gift idea, and something that no one else may have. Hopefully, I've given you a few ideas as to what you might consider for Christmas shopping. I know that the holidays can be very stressful and taxing for people who don't know what to buy their significant others, family members, or close friends. Hopefully, this brief guide has given you a couple of creative ideas to start thinking outside the box. In just a minute, I'll tell you how to tell the difference between regular jerseys and fake jerseys so you aren't duped into buying the unauthentic thing. Fake jerseys may appear to be cheaper, but there's a reason for it. Thanks for sticking around. I hope you've enjoyed the episode so far, and if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter. Feel free to check out all other members of our Locked On podcast network, including Locked On Canadians, Locked On Bruins, and more, for unique perspectives from fans around the league. For our closing segment tonight, we're going to talk about the difference between real jerseys and fake jerseys. Many people will tell you that you can't tell the difference between a fake jersey and a real one, but I can tell you from personal experience, that isn't true. Unauthentic jerseys often have the same telltale signs across the board, regardless of team, regardless of sport. When you compare unauthentic fakes to the real thing, you'll immediately notice some differences, especially if you place them side by side. Logos might look wrong, colors might be off, there might be some stitching issues, you get the idea. When you're looking online, though, how can you tell? It's a lot easier to tell a fake when you see it in person, but looking online through listings can be very misleading. The first thing that should tip you off is how much the jersey costs. If it's 30 or $40, there's a decent chance it might be a fake, especially if it claims to be a current style for a current NHL team. Many fakes coming from eBay or China tend to be priced around $33 to $35, which is what they're mass-produced at. Upon closer inspection, 
fake jerseys are often a different color than the actual thing. They might be lighter or darker in shade than what you'd expect. Fake jerseys will also come in some really unusual styles. I've seen fake jerseys that have their number fonts uh, patterned with the American flag for no particular reason. A very small number of teams have actually used this style in real life, and that includes the Capitals, and that's the only one that I can probably think of off the top of my head. I know that there are some minor league teams that did it like the Ontario Reign several years ago, but it's definitely not a common occurrence. The weirder the design, the less likely it is that it's an actual NHL-style jersey. I've found fake manufacturers often take some creative liberties to get around licensing issues. Now, the real challenge is in determining a good-looking fake from a real jersey, and as they say, the devil truly is in the details. The first place I always check are the number fonts on the back. Fake jerseys often have very crooked, shallow-looking, or just flat-out bad and reflective uh, number fonts on the rear. If you look at the edges, you should also see something that resembles a Z-stitching. A lot of fake jerseys don't have that, they just have like a solid tubular-looking border. Nine times out of ten, this is a dead giveaway that the jersey is in fact a fake. If you still can't tell by looking at the number font, check the name bar. NHL name fonts are usually a little bit on the smaller side compared to their fake counterparts. Fake jerseys often have very crowded name bars with extremely huge letters in comparison. If you compare an image of one against one that's being sold from the NHL website itself, you'll probably be able to tell right off the bat that there's something wrong with the fonts that are being used on the rear of the jersey. If, however, you still aren't convinced that the fake jersey really is unauthentic, you might want to check for the NHL crest logo on the collar itself. The NHL logo itself is very detailed, and it's often hard for forgeries to be created without some form of a visual blemish. I usually recommend looking at the curved parts and the pointy ends, because that's where the blemishes will often show themselves. The NHL word in the logo may actually show some imperfections as well, including crookedness or some kind of missing thread count. Last but not least, know where you're buying your jersey from. If you're buying it from a site like AliExpress or a similar site, it's guaranteed to be a fake. These websites may offer very cheap and attractive prices, but I guarantee that they're not the official product. In recent times, the NHL has actually taken a hardened stance against these websites, forcing them to remove their listings for NHL jerseys. You might ask why it's bad to buy a fake jersey, and I can think of a variety of reasons. I think the most pressing one, though, is that it is a form of piracy. I understand that for many people, affording an NHL jersey is usually a luxury. Most jerseys are exorbitantly priced, especially when they're brand new and a current style. What I've often done instead is looked for jersey resellers, those who have older styles, uh, traded players, or something that's just not current, because those jerseys are at a much lower price point. You can get some great deals on players who are no longer playing for Winnipeg if you look around long enough. And if you really want to get weird, there are plenty of Atlanta Thrashers jerseys on eBay to pick up. I myself am personally quite fond of the Thrashers jerseys. They had some really unique styles and designs that you don't see in the NHL these days. The powder blue ones are maybe not the best, especially with the gaudy Atlanta logo on the side of the, the uh, sleeve, but I mean, it's still a unique thing and you're not going to see them every day. Like I said earlier, older jersey styles can occasionally have some decent deals if you're patient and, and creative in where you're looking. I just recommend that you be careful because not all sites are going to be legitimate, and oftentimes you'll end up purchasing a fake without realizing it. My general rule of thumb is if it looks too good to be true, it probably isn't true. Those who make forgeries will often look to take advantage of people looking for a good deal, and that's a very unfortunate situation. It's kind of like ordering from Wish, where what you order is probably not going to match what's in the photo. Perhaps the bigger issue is that buying forged jerseys can actually carry some legal ramifications. I believe the NHL has threatened to pursue those who do buy illegal jerseys, even though there are plenty of people who still sell them and purchase them online. 
My recommendation is just be careful. Don't do anything that you wouldn't do yourself, and don't count yourself out of getting a good deal on a jersey just because it looks expensive. Many resellers and retailers will have coupons throughout the year, so be sure to keep an eye out, especially if the team is eliminated during the playoffs. You can occasionally get deals as good as 40% off of uh, older styles or previous season jerseys. So, as always, keep an eye out. There's a lot of good deals to be had if you're patient. With all that said, I wish you folks the happiest of hunting, and I hope that you find the Christmas gift that you're looking for for your loved ones. Thanks again, and go Jets go!